Let's ride. Don't nobody know why. Don't nobody know why. niggas still down in the streets and don't nobody know why. Don't nobody know why. Don't nobody know why. That's that pain right there. life and things outside of my life that affect it man so that's pretty much it if you knew that's just my welcome if you knew but if you've been rocking with me for a while you know what it is i just talk a lot of shit about a lot of things i see in the media or things i experience in my personal life so speaking of my personal life i'm gonna get into it um the struggle i was having going back to the last episode where i was talking about my my problems with promoting it i mean i say it i mean this podcast I was just kind of torn, like, should I spam everybody? Should I keep doing this? Like, I, I got to a point where I asked myself, like, should I even keep doing this? Are people listening? I'm checking the downloads, and it looks like they're going down. And I was like, damn, am I wasting my time? Are people even still fucking with this? Should I quit? And I and I, I had that I had that thought for like a quick second. And then after that, I was like, nah, 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 I'm going to keep rocking, man. I can't stop now. I put too much into it, and I put my a lot of my time into this before I even started. So if you don't know, like before I actually started doing what I'm doing, I listened to a lot of different podcasts on just how I to start it. So I'm thinking about, and like I can't, I can't get that time back. So I might as well keep this going as long as I can, as long as it's not disturbing my, like my real life. Because honestly for me, it doesn't take up too much time. I go record and I edit for a few minutes and I just put it out. I don't waste my time worrying about 100 percent the sound quality and all that if i make a mistake when i'm saying a word or something simple like that because like i said before g life ain't edited so you got to kind of take it how it comes and i just decided to keep on rocking with this man because i was like the numbers look low and you know i'm not one of these big shows where i get all these views and downloads and shit but it wasn't where i i wanted it to be so i waited a couple of days and it, it jumped back up and i was like okay okay it's cool I'm going um, to keep pushing with this, man, and I will be a, a sucker to stop because I've had people close to me, around me in my life that, you know, that couldn't, they've been in situations where they couldn't speak for a little bit. So if I can't sit here and just talk, what kind of person am I? After I done saw somebody else go through that, they went through a point where they couldn't speak or they're still going through a point in their life where they can't speak and communicate like they used to. How much of a sucker would I be to not sit here and give my words to the world, you know, when there's people out there in situations where they can't? So I figured, you know what, I'm going to keep on rocking, man. So thanks for the support. Like, I put it out. I even put it out on my personal Facebook page. I was like, yo, give me an idea. So I don't I don't want to spam y'all and keep blowing the fucking Facebook feed up every few minutes trying to generate views from my joint. Because, you know, sometimes you, 
I thought about like I may lose people I really want to talk to because I'm constantly putting stuff on there. And I had a thought while reading some of the comments, people were like, fuck it, man, just do it. Keep putting it out there. And that made me think like, you know what? They're right. If I'm putting, I'm trying to do something and I'm trying to put it out there. If anybody leaves the, my Facebook friend, uh, page or friends list or whatever the hell you want to call it, if they dip, they really went not rocking with me anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm not asking nobody to give me no money. I'm just trying to promote my own little thing. And if they want to listen, they can listen. If not, they not. So I appreciate the feedback I got from y'all and everybody that's uh that's still subscribing and listening or, or even just supporting me. You ain't really got to listen. Even if you supporting the fact that I'm trying to do something, I appreciate that. So, thank you guys for the love. I'm going to keep doing it, you know, off the strength of that. And, you know, what I got going on on my personal side and what I want to give to the people that decide to listen. So, I, once again, I appreciate y'all, man. And, like, my my homegirl told me I should probably just make a page for it. And that's been done. I'm going to try to get it up and running and make sure that it's, uh, it's something respectable and not something just sitting on Facebook taking up space. But, yeah, like I said, thank you guys for that. And on to this news, man. And, um... I'm going to start off with the boy, the billionaire buffoon. And it looks like uh, that guy's in some hot water because that boy Michael Flynn is in the situation where it looks like he's about to flip on everybody. That boy got caught up and he admitted that he lied. So we're going to see, you know, what happens with it. I really don't expect a lot of people to get in trouble because from me looking at it, it's like the system fighting the system. I mean, and the people that they're targeting kind of control everything. So... We'll see how far it goes. These same people we're talking about going to get um, Hillary Clinton after the election. And as far as I know, she's still free. So to me right now, it's a bunch of talk. We'll see if they wiggle out of it or not. But it is entertaining. <laughs> I will say that. It's kind of it's kind of cool to see the people that was talking all this trash be stuck in a situation where they may have to eat crow or whatever the saying is. Because uh, it's like watching an episode of The Wire. I'm just waiting for the dominoes to fall. And it's like, people were, you know, talking about impeaching, impeach and all that crap. And my thing was, like, they're not just going to, if they're going to do this, they're not just going to jump out and do it. They're going to make sure they get all their ducks in a row before they hit that button. Because from what I can tell, the people that are trying to do this want to make sure they do it right. Because I really believe these people want to get homeboy out of there. You got that other billionaire who's, was putting money into ads trying to get homeboy impeached so there is a segment of society in that area that wants them out i just didn't think it would get this far but they're not fucking around so we'll, we'll see what happens man it's 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 a weird situation but it's kind of like i you got to look at it like well you're a person that sat outside of dc and basically crashly and untastefully criticized everybody in dc for years so all of a sudden, you make your way down to D.C., you get in there, you somehow get the top job, and you put some of these people around you, people that are really about that business, and they're not cut from the, I won't say they're cut from the same cloth as he is, because he's probably used to being able to go to a guy like, hey, man, I'm trying to get this done. Maybe it's like a building permit, because he was in the real estate, hey, I need you to need you to kind of look the other way on this so I can get it done, and um, we'll move on and I'll get you on the back end. This politics shit ain't like that. Because once you start doing stuff the wrong way, the press is really, really paying attention to it. And once you violate federal laws and get the feds on you, it's a whole different ball game. And these people got are getting these numbers put to their head, and now they're asking for immunity. And their one ticket to immunity 
may be to uh, have the top dog fall. And I guess they're going to start from the bottom, the, the tail of the snake to get to the head, and they're going to see how far they can go. But it looks like they're preparing. The, the people that are going to be putting this case out and prosecuting this case are definitely preparing for the long haul because they're trying to make sure they get everybody. It's going to go from, they got them other two cats a couple months ago. Now they're going to go from Flynn. I think they're going to go from Kushner, and they're just going to move on up. And the crazy thing is that you're only going to accrue more enemies if you keep firing the people around you, if you keep treating these people poorly. Well, if they get, if they get approached, it's like, what are they going to do? Because this guy's already flipped on you because you fired him. Like, I don't know if you could have been protected by the buffoon, but since he been he was fired, like, I don't see him holding back. And anybody that's been fired in the past or split on bad terms, if they start coming after them for their involvement in it, man, they're probably all going to flip. So it's going to be uh, interesting to watch and see what happens. But we shall see because uh, D.C. is a crazy place. And, uh, yeah, I, I took a break from watching that shit for a minute. But now it's with that and what's going on with this tax plan that they're trying to push through, we're going to see what's going to happen because people are pissed about that too and how that's going to affect everybody. It's looking like it's something that's going to, you know, keep the rich rich, keep the poor poor. The same thing that's been going on for a while because, like I always say, a rich man's or rich woman's biggest resource is poor people and poor consumers to come buy their goods and work their jobs. So I don't see why they wouldn't keep it that way if they can get in power and do it that way because it's been working for them. So I, I don't expect nothing different. They got there by keeping it tight-knit and keeping everybody happy and making sure the people in power or the people they wanted in power were satisfied with how things were going. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And with that propaganda machine, Fox News, they got... Is they got a they got a powerful base. And speaking of their base, their base is uh pissed right now because we know how hard they are on immigration, man. And they just they just found that cat uh, who killed that uh, chick in San Francisco, the Mexican immigrant. They just found that guy not guilty. I don't know how. I didn't. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't pay too much attention to the to the case that they were in an uproar about because you know uh, the minorities get killed all the time and nobody really seems to give a shit. Unless they're saying it for political gain. So I really didn't pay attention to it. It was sad what happened to her. The young lady did not. She definitely did not deserve to die. Um, I just I just think about gun control. It's like how was it that a, an immigrant was able to get this gun? And everybody wants to blame it on the streets. Or oh, the streets this, the streets that. But where do the streets get the guns from? Like the people in the streets don't own gun manufacturing places. So who's allowing the shit to get into the country? Who's buying it? Who's selling it to the streets? That's what you got to think about. How how punished are they? How harshly are they being punished? Because apparently it's not harsh enough because the shit keeps happening. So you got to think about the root before you think about the outcome. And should he be here? No, he shouldn't be here. Is he violent? I don't know. But apparently he was fucking around with a gun and managed to kill somebody. So <laughs> something went wrong there for an illegal immigrant to be here with a gun doing whatever he was doing he was in the wrong because he took somebody's life whether he meant to or not he still took a life and two if you're illegal it's not smart if you be running around with a gun so i have to question what you were doing here why did you have that gun and i'm not really a person i don't really you know harp on immigration that much and because i hate how they paint people uh especially mexican people because i live in Southern California, when I when I tell you I live close to the border, I can look off my damn balcony and see Mexico. 
I live in a Mexican city for the most part. I would say damn near 90, it's probably like 96% Mexican. And I have no issues. I have no issues with anybody. I love it out here. That's part of the reason why I like where I live. So I really don't, I really don't get into the immigration, you know, debate really. Because I, like, I'm going to be honest, like, if there's Mexicans in California and I live by Mexico, how can I tell who's who? As far as I'm concerned, everybody I come across are upstanding citizens. So I don't, I really don't know. Like the only, only person I ever met that I knew was coming across the border was a kid who was working in a barbershop sweeping up hair. So the, all I've seen was the work ethic side of it. it you know, I, I seen a homeboy working so hard that I, I went to the crib after leaving the barbershop and gave cuz some Jordans. I was like, listen, man, I got, I told my barber, I said, I got some, I see shoes, I see homeboy shoes, the shoes are beat the fuck up. And you telling me this kid drives up here from Mexico every day or every weekend to work to sweep up here in the barbershop. That makes me, that lets me know what the conditions are back there ain't shit. And I'm like, I got some old Jordans, some old Nikes just sitting in my closet that I ain't wearing. Let me get this to cuz and let me know that I can see that he's working hard and he's he's doing something with his life. So for me, my experience with, with you know, with Mexicans is, is completely different from the shit they show people on TV when you hear people saying bullshit like build this wall or whatever the fuck. But, you know, regardless of that, homeboy's still dead wrong because in my eyes, he he, paint, he paints the people that I see here doing things the correct way. He puts them in a bad light by doing what he did. So even though he didn't mean to do it or he got found out guilty, I still feel like it's fucked up, you know. But I just wish people would, would champion the black and Latino victims when they become victims of police brutality and crime. I wish people would be that up as upset about that as they are about this shit. Cause even though this, you know, this young lady lost her life, we out here fucked up and nobody seems to care. And you gotta excuse my language on this, man, but it's just something that bothers me when I when I hear about it. I, it's the level of, I don't even know how to, to say to, to say this the right way, but it's the, I'ma do it in my Duval County street guy way of doing it. The level of give a fuck is not equal. So I can only give that back. It's a tragedy that this young lady died over some trash. Hopefully something comes of this. Like, I'm all, I'm all with if you do the immigration laws to where it's somehow fair and you're not shitting on the children and you make the process, you know, tougher but effective so that you're not, people don't have to wait 14 years to become a citizen. When you're, when you live in Mexico and you're right here, just, I just wanted to get figured out. But rest in peace to that young lady. I believe her, her name is Kate Steinle. Hopefully I'm saying her name right. But rest in peace to her because she definitely did not deserve to die and, you know, to have her name really brought up in this. But I had to uh, say something about that because I saw it and I wanted to to make it known that crazy cases happen, man. Sometimes people you think are going, going straight to jail don't. Just like I was talking about that with that political case. <laughs> people you think should be going to jail probably won't. I think Harvey Weinstein is already free. And, you know, he's a millionaire creep but we'll see, we'll see where it goes man i mean because he's the cat that did committed that killed this young lady may even if it was accidentally accidentally he's probably still gonna be deported so we'll see what happens um they'll probably hit him with another charge just to you know to, to show that they did something but we'll see in other news another tragic news the slave trade in libya that shit hit the internet like wildfire man and i don't know why people are surprised this is what happens when when people fuck with the leadership of another country and then just leave it. You just leave it to go into chaos and you destabilize the area 
and now there's all types of crazy shit going on. If you haven't seen the videos, they're terrible. I don't know how to say it. The videos are terrible. Um, it hurt me to watch it. I just I hate that that type of stuff is going on in the world. It only makes me imagine what the transatlantic slave trade was like when they brought my ancestors over here. But to watch that, to see it and be happening, it's so barbaric, like in this day and age. It really, it kind of messed me up, man, to see that. And I couldn't, it was one of those things where it's terrible, but you can't look away. That's what this was. I urge you as a human being, if you can find that video to go look at it. I'm not going to put it in the show notes or put it anywhere. I want you to go look at it, to go find it and look at it for yourself to see how bad it is. So you realize how good you got it in this world to see what people overseas go through with certain areas. Because I don't know if the U.S. caused this. I don't know if it was the U.N., but I do know that this is more than likely going on because Gaddafi, Gaddafi's not there to stop. When Muammar Gaddafi died, apparently Libya went to shit. And the crazy thing is they were talking about how this guy was a brutal dictator and he was killing his own people. Yeah, yeah, that's what they sold on a global level. But let's be real. For those of us who pay attention, we know that Gaddafi was trying to Afri he was trying to uh, unite all the African countries so that they could come together and use their own currency. The thing is, Africa is a major exporter internationally. A lot of people, a lot of countries rape Africa for their goods. They go there and they buy stuff cheap and they, they don't pay nearly what the stuff is valued. So, and that's what I mean by saying they're raping Africa. They go there and get shit for the cheap and then they come, they, they import it back into their own countries and they, and they make millions upon billions of dollars while Africa's all fucked up. So what Muammar Gaddafi was trying to do, he was trying to get with the leaders in Africa and they were going to create a currency backed by gold. Now, they were only going to accept other currency backed by gold. So what that means is for other countries, if you go in there and you're trying to buy something from Africa, you have to be able to, to come up with that amount. So if, say, I go over there with my dollar and my dollar ain't worth shit, like say, let's say one gold dinar over there is worth, is like, it takes $10 to get, to equal up to that one gold dinar. If I'm going over there, I'm over there trying to buy shit on a, on a major scale, my little bitty dollar ain't shit because now I got to pay 10 times per dollar the price for the, the goods I'm trying to get. And if you think about it with the amount of resources that Africa has, the natural resources, the timber, the gold, the coal, the diamonds, everything they have over there, that would have flipped the power scale of currency in the world. Because if you have one of the biggest exporters of goods in the, you know, on the planet, and they're unified, and they're all, we're going to stick together, and we're only going to accept this currency. You then put the power of finance in their hand. So the rest of the world is like, we can't afford to give all this power to Africa. Bomar got to go. Imagine Europe having to pay a fair share. Imagine the U.S. Imagine Canada. Imagine all these, if it's China, if it's Japan, whoever, anybody who's getting goods exported from Africa, imagine them having to pay the fair price for those goods. And imagine Africa with all the problems they've been financially with the currencies that they've been having in these other, you know, in, the, in Europe and shit even in the U.S. and then maybe in Japan and China. With all the problems people have been having economically, Africa united as a whole and said, you know what, we're only going to take this currency and it's backed by gold. If your currency ain't backed by gold, you're definitely fucked. So 
it is my belief, and again, I'm the conspiracy theorist, but it makes sense to me that, hey, Omar got to go because he apparently he was the glue holding this together. And it's just like, if you think about that in America where if the black business is only traded in dollars backed by gold and they and it flipped and, we, and the black businesses got all the power, I could see why people would be nervous. I'm just saying, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's why they got them out of there. And the, the result is you have a country in chaos. And then the slave trade starts popping. And even if it was going on before his death, it wasn't to this level to where they're raising enough for there to be videos of this shit It's out in the world. So we'll see how the world responds to this shit. Because I've been looking on Facebook and I damn sure ain't seen no Pray for Libya filters pop up where you can show your support for Libya with the slave trade cracking and shit. I damn sure didn't see anything for Haiti. I just know when it comes to brown countries, nobody seems to give a shit. I'm just saying. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. But if you can point me in the direction of a, a Pray for Libya filter, I would definitely like to know where I can put the Libyan flag over my shit. Let me know because I damn sure didn't see any. What else is going on in the news? Anything else going on in the news? Because I, I don't pay attention a lot. I really don't. Not these days. Things have been aggravating me. And um, I had to stay away from it because it... It was just terrible. I would check the little Twitter timeline and see what was going on. Just, oh, more bullshit. More bullshit. More bullshit. So, fuck it. Let's, let's move on to sports, man. Interesting week. Interesting. And for everybody that shitted on Dak Prescott these past couple of weeks because he had to get used to his running back not being there. He made y'all like boo-boo the fool in that last game because he balled the fuck out and they won. So, you know, <laughs> there's that. Also, uh, and this is why I'm glad sometimes I do this late. Uh, the boy Tom Brady <laughs> apparently flipped out on his offensive coordinator today over I don't know what the hell, but I saw the little clip of what happened, and, like, he was pissed. He was pissed. I don't know what happened, but apparently it was enough for Tom Brady to, to you know, to go off on cousin. I mean, when, you, when you're competing, that those type of things happen, especially when you compete at a high level like that. And um, I'm pretty sure him and the offensive coordinator are close. And, you know, according to them, it'll probably, if you think about how long they, they've been together in this uh, player-coach relationship, this should have probably been over by the, it's probably over with by the time they hit the locker room. But it just happened to ha be caught on camera. So, you know, uh, we'll see. But I, I find it funny that, you know, I haven't heard anything crazy about him not, him liking discipline and him being the thug because, you know, I was, I was gonna skip this and not be the one to say it, but we all know if that was fucking if that was Tyrod was Tyrod Taylor or Dak Prescott going off on the offensive coordinator like that, oh no. The media will be tearing his ass up right now. That's all I'm really gonna say about it. You know, because y'all know where I'm about to go with that and we don't really, really need to get into it. I'm just gonna say it like that. Another news though, uh in sports the NBA. Man, uh the reps ain't playing. And I'm glad that they're doing what they're doing. They uh, LeBron got ejected, Sean Livingston got ejected, um, AD got ejected. They they not playing. There was somebody else. It was LeBron, Anthony Davis, Sean Livingston just got ejected today, and there was somebody else, another star. I can't remember who it was, but the refs ain't fucking around, man. And I'm glad they did it to the stars. You know, I know it makes the game. You know, less entertaining when you don't have the stars in there. But I'm glad that the refs are sticking up for themselves and that they're um, they're, getting, they're getting back at the 
ain't gonna say getting back. They're letting people know it's gonna be fair across the board. Just because you're LeBron James and you want to be the king and all that, that's cool. You are the best player on the planet, but and you're six eight. 260 pounds whatever solid muscle but at the end of the day i'm still a grown ass man with a job but you're not gonna talk to me like that especially when i got the authority to throw your ass out this game so peace see you later bye go sit in the locker room cool off for a little bit you're probably gonna win anyway get out of here and you know i think it's cool like the refs gotta the refs gotta show backbone so shout out to the first ref who did that when he threw lebron out because since then he set the tone like i don't know if they had like a they're meeting amongst the referees, but they are not fucking off. Somebody must send the email like, listen, we can't be on the court looking like bitches no more. Everybody sits, B. <laughs> so they telling everybody, hey, if you want, they sent the message loud and clear. If you're going to be about that bullshit, you can have a seat in the locker room. So I commend them for that. As, you know, as, as sucky as it makes it for us trying to watch the game, the refs got to stand up and have some backbone too, man. So shout out to the refs. You know, just improve the calls, man. You got to catch them fouls on um on my Lakers and my Bulls. Anybody else you can tax, <laughs> you got to catch those fouls because you know, anybody watches basketball knows my team needs all the foul calls they can. And I'm still on the Bulls' head, man. Stop with these bum-ass highlights. I only want to see highlights when people win. Stop trying to fool the people about what's going on with the organization. We know we're trash. Yes, they're doing a little bit better, but we know what the end goal is. The goal for the season this was to lose games, which I think is pitiful, but stop stop gassing us, man. What has happened in sports? I know y'all saw that Crabtree and Talib, and uh, I almost called him Talib Kweli. I think it's, I need, his name is the, the reverse, Hakeem Talib. That, yeah, that was, um, and I said it, like it you know, makes no sense to throw punches at a, a helmet or whatever to fight on the football field. Like it's, like I can't say what I would do in that situation, but if, I, if you, like, I see it two ways. If you know somebody's going to try to take snatch your necklace off and you, when you're playing football because he's done it before, like, don't wear it. If you're the receiver, just destroy him in the game, you know, make him look stupid and uh, go on about your business. But if you decide to wear it, and you, I, I say that, you know, in, in, my, in my 30s, Hey, boy, Crabtree probably still either barely in his 30s or probably still in his 20s. And if somebody trying to snatch my shit, like, I, I may have reacted the same way. They got history. I mean, it's obviously, it's obvious they don't like each other. So I got a temper, so I can't say that I wouldn't have reacted like he did. But damn, bro, you, like, you may just, they both look bad. They both look bad. It didn't do anything to help their teams. And when you're in the team sport, you got to realize that it's, it's not about you. It's about the greater goal, man. So you can't get caught up in that. As uh, easy as I make it sound, I, I know it's not that. But that's why you're a professional. You're a professional at all times. You're a professional. Like, you got to think about what what money you possibly messed up by doing this. Maybe somebody wanted you to endorse something. You know, maybe you could have been a spokesperson for something. And you might have just ruined that by going after somebody over a necklace of which you can afford a lot of. So at the end of the day, it's a bad look for both of them. Hopefully they both bounce back and they learn the lesson from this. And hopefully any young players watching this learn the lesson from that, man. So get your shit together, fellas. And on to um, college sports. I guess you can spell choke with a U because the U fucking choked. All my boys that's Miami fans were talking all this shit. Y'all fucking choke. Talking all that shit. The U is back. 
nothing. Y'all about to fall right back the fuck off. And I knew it because y'all quarterback, he don't have, it's something about Rosier where he don't have that spark. So I guess you can't spell choke with a U because you guys gave it the fuck up. And y'all talked all that shit like y'all was going to go in there, ran that raggedy ass turnover chain and destroyed Clemson. And Clemson smoked y'all ass. And the thing about it that makes me angry, though, is that Florida State with their freshman quarterback and broke up ass team hung with both those teams. We should have beat Miami. We should have beat Clemson. Then Miami goes to play Clemson, and Clemson beats the shit out of Miami. <laughs> so we could have been state champs again, man, but it sucks. On top of that, our fucking coach left. But, you know, as a whole, Florida football is looking good. Not the University of Florida. They're fucking trash. But the state of Florida, Miami is doing better. USF looks good. UCF looks good. FAU is looking good for the perspective conference. And Florida State will be back. So I'm telling you guys now, enjoy talking your shit now. Especially you, Williamson, Bulldog fan, even though you're not a part of our interstate rivalry. Enjoy talking y'all shit now. Because all this season did was make Florida State fucking mad. Our fucking quarterback got hurt. We had a, a subpar for our standard season, even though we still got that bowl game. 36 in a row. And our fucking culture left. So you can expect a pissed off, highly motivated Florida State Seminole team next year. So be ready to catch these L's. Because we're going to tear that ass up when we get on the field. I'm telling you guys now. Like I've been pissed off this whole season. But in the back of my mind, I just know these guys going to come back next year with some fury. So y'all be on the lookout. Um, in other college football news, the playoffs, they got the team. So it's going to be Clemson. Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama. A lot of orange, a lot of burgundy. <laughs> but I, I felt like if even with that loss Alabama had, they would get in above Ohio State because even though Ohio State won a conference championship, they still had those bad losses. Like they lost by 15, and then they lost to Iowa. And the only team that beat Alabama was they lost in the, the Iron Bowl, one of the biggest rivalries in the, in the nation. They lost to a good team. So and they and they hadn't left the top five the whole year. They've been top five the whole season, and with those two teams leave, uh, losing at two and four, with Alabama sitting at five, it only made sense for them to bump up one. I mean, say what you want about them, but I think the right decision was made. Even though my family has ties to Ohio State, like it just wouldn't have made sense to me to jump Ohio State above Alabama to put them in that spot. Because I, I don't think it would have fared well for them after that ass whooping they took last year at the hands of Clemson. And, you know, you got to think, it's college football. College football is a huge moneymaker for sponsors. And even though the committee got together, whatever, you can bet the sponsors were like, hey, when you go in this room today, just know we're trying to see Alabama on Clemson 3. So as much as Ohio State wanted to get in there, man, you can't beat a trilogy. You just you can't beat a trilogy. Uh, it's going to be like that. And you're not going to beat that. Especially with the two losses, it was just too easy for them to go in there and get that bag, as people say, or to go get that check. And they definitely going to make that money off the Clemson-Alabama rematch. And I, I'm pretty sure Alabama's going to win this year because uh, Clemson's quarterback is supposed to be banged up. And we'll see what Jalen Hurst does. And they just got more tape. They just got more tape and more film to watch who Alabama. You know, Nick Saban, they just got more film to watch whoever they're going to play and for whatever outcome. But them playing, you see they're in the first, they didn't waste no time getting that check because Alabama and Clemson are playing out the gate. So we'll see what happens. I think I think it would be dope if Alabama 
and Georgia got to the championship game just because it'd be like a you know, I know it'll piss off the rest of the country because it'll be an all SEC thing, but I mean, we'll see. I'm thinking about the styles because that'd just be a smash mouth fucking football game, and I'm all about that type of shit. But we'll see. Uh, I do think that um, Oakland, that boy Baker Mayfield, is on a roll. So I do think whoever plays them is in for a world of trouble though because they got momentum. They just came off smacking the shit out of TCU, and uh, he's still riding that wave from Kansas, because that dude, whoever that guy was in Kansas, that. Or whoever guys it was was talk, decided they didn't want to shake that man's hand, lit a fire up on the homeboy because he's been balling ever since. So we'll see what happens if you know if it's going to be the pocket QBs that win this, or if it's going to be the athletic dual threat QBs that get in there and win this. We'll we'll see. It's going to be a hell of a matchup, man. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we get some good games out of this. Also, uh, my Jags won again today, and unfortunately the punk ass Titans won today, so they still got the playoff spot on lock. Hopefully we can knock them off when we when we play them again. But um, these celebrations, man, like I'm enjoying it. I'm so glad they took the shackles off these players and let them boys go out there and express themselves. Cause I mean, shit, if you if you make it to the highest level and you score a touchdown, goddamn right, you should be able to be able to go out there and celebrate. As long as you don't offend nobody, you should be able to go out there and do your thing, man. So that's that's one thing the NFL did this year that I really appreciate. Let them boys go out there and have fun, man. You know, they're getting the, they're getting teammates involved. So the, that's, my favorite is when I see the linemen get in there and they get some love. I think that's the best part. And even with the defensive players, when they they get uh, turnovers and and they make big plays, they go out there and celebrate. I think it's cool, man. It, it makes the game more fun to watch. It gives you something to anticipate. Like we already anticipated, you know, the scores and everything and the big plays on defense. But now you get uh, something extra. You get like an added bonus. So. As a viewer, NFL, kudos to you. Good job for that. That's a good look. Man, so um, sports has been good. Politics has been interesting. But this music shit, boy. And I don't really, I'm not going to say I really don't go into the music thing. Deep, but I will say this, man. I think it's been a good year for rap music. I think it's been a phenomenal year. And, yeah, it's, it's been great. I'm thinking about it. We, I'm going to say I believe that we've had four classic albums. Right, I believe uh, Kendrick dropped the classic, all his shit with Billboard off this album, damn, because the album was dope and the way it's tied together. And I know it, it's kind of corny to say, oh, it's a classic, but I really feel like it's a classic album. There's not, there's only maybe a song that on there that I may skip, but I like the mood of the album. Is the way it's well done, it's dope, and. I'm going to call it a classic because it came out and shit just stopped. Like, he he dropped the Heart Park 4, you know, basically the warning for everybody, you know. And then he blessed Joey Badass. He he pushed it back a week, even after dropping that song, to let Joey Badass get his shine for like a week. And then he dropped his album right after that and shut shit down. Because I know um, everybody was dropping that quarter. I think it's the second quarter. I know Drake dropped, Joey Badass dropped. But when Kendrick album came out, all that other shit stopped. They've been using Humble and DNA for like all the sport for NBA and, and I think even some of the NFL. So it it was a a huge success for him in TDE. And I'm a I'm gonna give it uh, my stamp, which I know don't mean shit to anybody, but I'm a, I'm gonna give it a, a the classic mark, man. Um, the second album I think was a classic, was from my favorite rapper ever, Jay Z. That 444 album was tough, and the, the thing about it that made it classic was 
is the same thing with all Jay's albums that are, that make the really good ones. It was well themed. It was put together very well, and he did something different. He did something outside his box. He got real personal on this album. And you know, when somebody's at that level of success, and he's one of the people that really don't put his business out there, it was different, and it was dope to see him talk about his personal life and go into you know even the shit with his mother her thing and the stuff with his um his wife and then the black excellence and everything he just did he even spoke on the moonlight shit i i think it was just dope the way he tied everything together and put it out there and it i think that album was good for other artists to hear because just when you think you've done everything there's always that level you can go to the to that next level so He's, a, he's another one. They, I know in San Diego, his album came out, they played his whole shit on the radio. I don't know if it was like that anywhere else. I don't know if it was just because Jay got that juice or people thought it was dope. But the album to me really was, you know, top to bottom, the album was dope. It's, it's the way it was well done, well put together. The content was unexpected. And I, and I got to say it's a classic, man. Um, That boy Jay did his thing on there. Let people know he's still relevant. It's like Kobe when he was in that all-star game with LeBron and uh, <laughs> a couple years before he retired and he came, LeBron went to shoot that shot and Kobe blocked that shit like he's saying, yo, I'm still out here. That's how I feel about this Jay-Z album. You know, that or Kobe's last game because that, that shit was dope. The third album, I'm going to put my classic stamp on, the one that don't, the blackout classic stamp, which don't mean shit to nobody but me, was Big Crit's album. I said it before, and I'm gonna say it again because I don't want to get lost. Forever is a mighty long time is a is a dope ass album. He gives you two sides of himself. He gives you the Big Crit side, and he gives you the Justin Scott side. He gets really personal, and I don't. Maybe I just got a soft spot for independent artists. For him that put this album together out of his own pocket, going broke trying to do this shit while he was going through this shit with Def Jam, and just. His struggle as a rapper, especially being from the South, and he like he's just so Southern, and he got that soul about him. And when he rapped, I feel like he telling the truth. And it, if I'm just glad to see him blow up, I ain't gonna say blow up because I don't think he really blew up yet. I'm just glad to see him being respected on his level because you know, the the boy country man, you can hear it in his in his lyrics, you can hear it in his accent, and for him to be able to to break through, being authentic. And doing what he wants to do the way he wants to do it, I had to respect it. And, you know, the number one thing for me is the music is good. He got everything. If you got some shit you want to just sit down and listen to and just make you think about life, he got that on there. If you got some shit you want to beat in the club, he got that on there. And if you got something for the, if you want something for the ladies, that's on there too. If you need something spiritual, that's on there too. It's, it's a well put together album. It's tied together well, and like what he was saying, the sequencing on there was dope. So I, I can really appreciate him doing it. And it was a double fucking album. Like how many people put out a good double album? Usually, like one side is trash, and the other side got all the good songs. It was not done well. And even though I do like the Justin Scott side better, the uh, the Big Crit side was dope. Getaway is like my favorite joint. I think on the on the Big Crit side, and I will say, um, damn, it's. It's either Price of Fame on the Justin Scott side or uh, Mixed Messages. But he, he put some really good music out, man. So salute to Big Crit for that. 
as if he's going to listen to this, but if you listening, go listen to that damn album. The album is the shit. Please go check it out. It's good to see somebody independent from the South doing this thing, man. So one time for Big Crit and putting out that dope-ass album. Uh, My fourth album that I'm giving a classic joint, my Blackouts classic album stamp to, is uh, No Dope on Sunday. Uh, that boy, Saha the Prince, who, who I guess is becoming widely known as Kanye West's Ghost Rider, that boy put out a classic. I don't give a fuck what nobody got to say. I'm going to listen to that motherfucker three times. That album is dope. It's well put together. The beats are there. The content is there. But the flow, if you never heard this guy rap, his control over his cadence over these different beats is ridiculous. Uh, you need to check it out, especially if you never heard him before. Because if you never heard this guy, heard of Saha the Prince, No Dope on Sunday, if you never heard of this guy, when you listen to this album, you're going to get your fucking mind blown. He has a bunch of good songs on there. The one I played in the intro is uh, Don't Know Why. That's off his album. He has another song on there called 80s Baby, which is basically him telling him telling a story from the perspective of a crack baby in the mother's womb. He has a song about, it's called New Africa, about if all the black celebrities or powerful black people went back to Africa and contributed to the and contributed to the continent. Um, I know I'm forgetting some songs on here. Uh, Moving Around, that song is dope. The song, No Dope on Sunday is dope. The intro is dope. It's a good album, man. It's a, it's a real good album. I, and I say it's classic. Because I think you can ride. You can ride to it with your chick. You can ride to it with your homies. You can listen to it by yourself. You will be thoroughly entertained, man. So No Dope on Sunday, this is a badass album. You need to go out there and get it. And I'm probably, I'm sure there's some honorable mentions in there. Drake put out a good album or a playlist, whatever you want to call it. It just didn't, for me, it wasn't tied together, you know, as well as these other albums. And, uh, yeah, I think that was my, my only issue with it. It wasn't tied together as well. And I don't, Drake don't make classics to me. He has, he puts out good albums, but to me, I haven't heard a true Drake classic. If somebody, and I debated with somebody on this before, but he hasn't put out a classic album to me yet. But he makes good music. I'm not shitting on him, I'm just saying, I don't think he dropped a classic yet. J. Cole's album was super dope. I don't know if I would give it classic, but it was super dope. And I think it dropped um, the end of last year, so I couldn't count it with 2017 anyway. So now, since we're talking about music, on to the bullshit. <laughs> so, this uh, Cameron and Jim Jones shit. Man, I uh, I checked out the songs. I didn't catch the first song, I guess, uh, on Cam's Project, the program. He put a line, a, line, a line in there where he apparently took a shot at Mace. And for anybody who's been listening to hip-hop for a while, we've been paying attention to Cam and Mace. They've been... It's kind of, that thing's kind of been there for a while now, so it's nothing new. It's like they're, they're cool or not, they're cool or not, whatever. But this was, um, this was crazy. And the fact that it actually came to a disc record was, uh, was shocking to me. I didn't expect that to happen. I figured they would keep it under wraps because, like, Cam's had his issues within Dipset with Jimmy, but I don't think they've ever really made a record going at each other. So for him to make, for him and Mace to go at it, it was kind of cool because it's like the culmination of like 20 years of beef or whatever. But at the same time, it's kind of like, I don't want to, I'd rather see y'all on a song together. Like if Mace is going to rap him, come back out, you know, with um, with Cam instead of at odds with Cam. So it, that part is like, I'd rather see them building together. But 
the records were good. I'm not going to front. Both discs were solid. Uh, Macy's is called the Oracle. And I think the one Cameron did is called Dinner Time. So you should check both of those out. But I will say, in my humblest of opinions, and y'all probably going to kill me for this, in this battle, I won't call it beef or whatever. Let's just call, we'll call it the beef for the sake of it being publicized, hip-hop, bullshit, whatever. I would say that Cameron won this. And I know if you listen to the records, most people won't really agree with that. And I understand that point. I really do understand that point. But I have two points for you. Because I know y'all going to say, well, lyrically, Mace got in there and killed Cam. He said all oh, this, that, and the third. Yeah, but that's part of my problem with, with it. Um, so point number one on how Mace lost is Mace responded. Mace responded and he used language that you that uh, you would think a man of the cloth would not use. So my thing is, I'm not the most religious cat, but like when you go and say that you that, when you in the church, you in the church. He's been kind of towing that line for a while now. So when you supposedly, you know, giving the, the word of the Lord or whatever, and you come out and you say some of the things you say on this record, I got to look at you a certain kind of way. I understand we y'all humans. And emotions get in the way, but once you put yourself in that spot, I feel like you're obligated to stay in that spot. Because if not, then me, you're just a, a hustler preacher. And apparently Cameron called him that in the in the song. So I just look at it like from that aspect, it's like you you step you stoop to Cam's level when you did that, in a sense. You stooped down and you left when you could have just left it alone and you could have been like maybe, and I know Cam probably should have called him first, whatever, but you being a man in the cloth, you could have went to Cam and discussed that and it never would have got publicized or whatever. And I I don't know where Cam, why he did it. I don't think he was doing it to, pro, like I could see how it could, it could be looked at if like if Cam just put the song out, he put that song out by itself and it had the distimation there like he was trying to promote it to promote his upcoming project, but it was actually, like, no, he didn't say anything about it. He just put it out. So, I think he was just doing normal Cameron shit. Like, it wasn't like a big campaign to diss Mace. He was just saying what was on his chest at the time. So, Mace could have just, you know, really could have ignored it. Like, oh, okay, they talking about hip-hop. I done moved past that. It's over with. So, I feel like him even going, him responding in the level he went to with some of the things that were said and the language that was used, I feel like he kind of put a black eye on his own persona by doing that. So that's my point number one why I think Cameron won. And point number two is Cameron's song, his, his song wasn't that bad. It wasn't like as lyrical as Mason's song, but the thing about it was his composure. So you hear, you know, in, in like rap battles or beefs or whatever, you hear a song like somebody come out the blue and they hit somebody with one. Boom, hit him with a disc record. And it's like, oh, shit. It's like a boxer that's been punched really hard. A boxer that just got rocked. And they're stumbling and they're fumbling back and they try to come back and drop a disc record real quick to, you know, to counteract the wave that the other artist just hit them with. And a lot of times it's rushed, it's not done well, or they take so much time trying to do it that they rush it anyway and it comes out and it's subpar and it looks like they, they took the loss, right? So... Cam, and for me, the way I look at it is like, 
Cam put his project out. Probably wouldn't even think about Mace after he set the line or whatever. Put it out. Then all of a sudden, boom, Mace comes out, drops your song. Killing Cam in the song, right? And Cam is okay. Like a, I think like a day or so later, or maybe the next day, Cam put a song out. And I don't know if he just had it ready in the tuck, or he just was like, you know what? He 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 tried to rock me, I'm gonna go in the studio and I'm gonna get him back with one. But for him to be able to do that, it shows you he's a veteran in the game because you can see how Meek Mill and Nicki Minaj fucked that all up. Like Meek took too long and then when he put out, nobody really gave a shit about. And Nikki, she took way too long. And by the time she put it out, nobody gave a fuck. So I think Cameron handled it right. It's like Mace hit him with that blitz. And Cameron just, it's like he was like Peyton Manning in the pocket. He just sat back, you know, he saw the blitz. He, once the blitz is on, he stepped up in the pocket and he delivered. So my respect to Cameron for that, man. Because I think that was a, the way he bounced back from that was dope. And he was just able to deliver a response because a lot of people have faulted doing that. So my respect goes to him, and that's why I'm giving him the W on that, man. I feel like Cameron won that, that I haven't heard anything since. I was listening to something somewhere where it said they made up over the weekend. It's like brothers or whatever going at each other. But, you know, it was good. It was a good little shot in the arm for rap music, every, for rap fans everywhere. So shout out to them. Hopefully they can kill it and move on with their lives. And Cam can go on tour and keep doing his dip set thing that I think they're bringing back around. And him and Jim can get on the same page. And keep it pushing. I think it'll be a great look, personally. What other guys? Anything else in music news? Oh, Nipsey Hussle signed the Atlantic. Nipsey did his thing. He's been doing his thing on the independent scene for a while. With his all money in, no money out shit. But apparently, the deal he signed was uh, advantageous for him. So, I, I, you know, I salute to that guy. I'm a big fan of his. And like I said, I got a, you know, I got kind of soft spot for all the uh, independent dudes. Even though they're kind of underground, but they're known like him, Currency, Crit, guys like that who who kind of move on their own. They don't really have a boss. They put out music when they want to put it out, and they do cool shit when they do it. So I, I like to, um, you know, put some light on those, put some real light on those guys because they make quality music, which is number one. And number two is that they're independent, which I really respect. So shout out to Nissy Hustle. Hopefully him and his all money in crew can get it cracking and that album victory lap comes out soon because my man makes some really good music so yeah check him out if you haven't before nipsey hustle all money in all right so check me out so this week i'm not gonna do a podcast review i'm gonna do the spotlight on the homies like i have been doing before and my plan like i told you guys is to flip-flop it and try to do one or the other each week i may do um two weeks straight of podcast review and two weeks straight of Spotlight on the homies, or I may break it up week by week. It just depends on the information I get and the podcast I listen to, right? So, but for this time, we back to Spotlight on the homies, baby. So, check me out. Right now, I'm going to do my, put the spotlight on my homeboy, Anthony Highland, right? In true Highland fashion, I asked my man, like, yo, I want to put some light on you, bro, and uh, tell the world basically how great you are or how great I think you are. I said, so send me a bio. This is what I ask the few people I've asked about. I say, hey, just send me a bio and let me um, something short and sweet so I can just chop it up and then say a, a few quick things about you. And then I'll give my own, basically give my own take on you and how I view you through my eyes. That's basically what the spotlight is. I tell everybody what I think is great about you. So this guy, like I said, in true Highland fashion, 
sent me like a three paragraph bio, right? So I was just gonna chop it up and uh, try to read through it, but I felt like that'd be boring. So what I'm going to do is try to give you guys the bullet points, right? The highlights of this. And he's, uh, I think he's starting his own podcast soon. So as soon as I get the name for that, I'm gonna put it out so you guys can go check him out as well. Because I'm like 99.9% sure it's going to be dope. And it's going to be something you want to listen to. So so let me get into this joint by my man real quick. So Anthony Highland from West Philadelphia, born and raised. No, I'm just, I don't know if he's from West Philly, but he is from Philly, right? So he went to Voorhees College where he majored in mass communication. He was the freshman class president. Then the vice president of the local NAACP chapter. Then the president of the Etalota chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity in his junior and senior year. With this influence, he decided to use his talents and experiences to motivate and educate the young cats at the institution, which I can really respect. So after that, he served at the South Carolina and Southern region of Alpha Phi Alpha assistant chair to Belford V. Lawson. He is the Southern District and Regional first place oratorical contest winner and first runner up on the national level for the oratorical contest. He served as Mr. Voorhees College 2013-2014, Mr. HBCU 2014-2015, two terms as president of Etheloda Chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. This is a man that believes that service is not a duty, but an obligation. Well read, he likes to read novels, he writes poetry, and he does a damn good job reciting poetry, I would tell you that. He's also the author of a book, it's called The Purpose of Power. A man is in the military, is currently stationed in Norfolk, Virginia, with his wife Natasha and his daughter Kylie. This is a man that proudly upholds the duties and responsibilities of a United States Navy sailor. He's a bosun's mate third class, that means he works hard. His goal is to become a world-renowned empowerment speaker through encouragement and uplifting his fellow peers. And he believes that pacification is never an adequate substitute for honesty. God damn. That is a long list for such a young person. That is a long and impressive list. And I learned, in reading that, I learned a lot about him that I didn't know. Like I knew he was, I knew he did his college thing. I knew he was educated, but I didn't know he was a president of the fraternity. I didn't know that he was an oratorical contest winner. I didn't know that he was the third vice president for the NAACP. So this is the reason why I wanted to do this. You don't come across this often where somebody so young has done so much. And like he's just getting started. He's published a book. He's an author. And this is what this is all about. This is what Spotlight on the Homies is all about. Shine a light on people who contribute to the community, who contribute to the culture, as people say. And, and I'm going to tell you, like, this is all impressive. But I'm going to tell you the one thing about this cat that impressed me the most and that's what that was his reaction to adversity so when i first met him he had just got to the job right because i don't like to tell my business but he had just got to the job and uh the circumstances he ended up in were trash <laughs> when he first got there everything was all messed up his living situation was fucked up i think they might have messed up his pay and then the job he was given didn't fit his skill set I'll say, definitely did not fit his education level. And he was basically, he basically was a subordinate of people that if you look at the way that company is set up, with his qualifications, he should have been the supervisor. But because, you know, because of the situation and how he got to this particular job, 
he was at the bottom of the totem pole, and he was the new guy. And he was the new guy when shit was all messed up. It was hard to get, you know, management or leadership. Everybody's scattered. Everybody's everywhere. I'm trying to find out, figure out who's who, what's what, right? And this is, you know, and I'm not saying anything about it, bad about his leadership because there were some good leaders there, but the situation for him just, you know, he was kind of thrust into the situation. And for the level of education he has and the way in which he handled it, that's what most impresses me about him because he could have got there, moped, complained, flamed out, acted out, got in trouble, cried, bitched, and moaned to get out of that situation. And he struggled a little bit. And then you know what? He got his shit together and he excelled. And that's the most impressive part for me because, you know, you come across people in life and as an as a older dude in a certain profession, like, you come across people in life and there's some people you grab like, hey, and you can meet them and say, man, yeah, this, this cat ain't gonna make but the first time I approached him, I chopped it up with him, asked him where he was from. He told me he was from Philly. I'm like, okay, cool. This cat might, this cat should be all right. And um, he saw he was there in the bullshit. He shrugged it off, and he kept pushing. He was doing what he could do to try to improve his situation. And when he hit that, when he hit what most people would call a wall or obstacle, they tried to go around it. They try to, they try to backdoor it. He just went through it. He was like, fuck it. I'm here. I'm stuck in this situation. You know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And he did the work. And he grew to like the work. And after that, he excelled. And everybody who watched him, everybody who really watched him, rooted for him. And they watched him go through his process. Like, I know I did. Anybody who really gave a shit watched him and encouraged him along the way. So it, it's great for me to see him become an author, perform his poetry in front of his peers. You know, in a crowd full of rowdy, young, ignorant-ass people. He got up there, did his thing, and shut everything down. Round of applause. I had never seen somebody that young control a crowd like that. And with the things he was saying, controversial for the space he was in, the courage to do that is impressive. So th this is why I'm shot my man out, man. All the accolades, that's dope. He got plaques on his wall. But for me, for what I know of him, is why I'm putting the spotlight on him and just what he could be to somebody out there who's stuck in the struggle and don't know the levels of their own potential. He achieves and he continues to achieve. So I want to, you know, give him this shout out, man. Much respect. I hope you start this podcast shit soon, man. It's been cool for me to watch you develop and to continue to develop and reach those goals, man, because I feel like he's going to do great things. So shout out to my man, Anthony Hiley, man. Keep on pushing. Keep on doing great things. Keep on making people proud, man. I really appreciate what you do for the community, man. So much respect to you. And with that, I'm going to end that in this, on this excellent note, man. Once again, No Play In This Ride, hosted by your boy Blackout. I can be reached at NoPlayInThisRide at gmail.com, all lowercase. Once again, that's no play in this ride. gmail.com, all lowercase. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend until that friend tells you they already fucking know. Keep on doing that. I'm also on Twitter. No play 247 at Twitter. That's capital N, lowercase O, capital P, L A Y, uppercase O, shit. <laughs> capital N, lowercase O, capital P, L A Y, no play 247 
at Twitter. Check in with me. See what I'm going on. Follow me. I'll follow you. Let me know what's going on in the world. Send me topics. Send me feedback. Whatever. I want to do this, and I want to make it great, and I need your help for that. So I appreciate everybody that's been giving me feedback. I appreciate everybody that told me, fuck it, man, just spam us. And I appreciate that support. So one love to all y'all. Like always, leave it better than you got it. Make it better for the next one. Each one, teach one. And then reach back and bring somebody else up. One life, one love. Stay solid. Peace.